and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bolkelman. You're sure now. <laughs> you hesitated. I'm Mark Marvel. I figured that the uh, listeners at home would uh, <laughs> would welcome, uh, looking at the topic, some of them <laughs> would probably welcome a sigh at the beginning of this whole thing. There'll be a lot um, of sighs throughout. It balances out. <laughs> and this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 489. That's right. Uh, yeah, man. Sure. It, just, it just hit me that the next one's 490, and that's 10. Wow. Okay. I mean, like, I know we've been talking about 500 and like, it's not like we're, it's sneaking up on us, but you know, <laughs> the march forward with the numbers <laughs> does make it just seem like a louder drumbeat <laughs> each but new episode. Your retirement party is getting moving closer and closer. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So uh, what are we talking about tonight? Well, we're going to be talking about the Beware of My Power Green Lantern animated feature that. It's it's the rage these days. <laughs> Emphasis on rage with a few fans out there. But let's uh let's uh stick to our our attempt to be conscientious of time and let's uh get right into it, man. Uh how does this movie pan out? All right. So I'm gonna try to give it about as bare bones a plot synopsis as possible, and then we'll go into details just because that's the game plan. Uh so we begin with it. In case, for those who don't know, John Stewart is the focal point of this feature. So we begin with a flashback to, which like it's supposed to be Afghanistan, right? Because the cop says he was in Iraq. Well, he, he asks if John was in Afghanistan, says he was, as the officer was in exactly. Iraq. John but, never responds. Right. So I'm going, yeah. But because to me, in all honesty, for what it's worth, when I saw the scene, I, I thought of Iraq more than Afghanistan. But, right. But it could also be Kandak. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm yeah. going to I'm going to assume just based on the conversation, not that it's mat- matters, so I won't get bogged down in the minutia, but I'm going to assume that it actually was Afghanistan. Just his his silence was to me his silence was kind of a, an acknowledgement based on the way it was framed. But either way, we get a flashback to John's uh, time in the Marines, and he's still suffering from PTSD today, which causes him to almost beat the crap out of somebody who was kind of being a jerk to him, but outside in the evening but it didn't really deserve that uh, john protects him but i'm sure if there's a sequel to this that that bum would factor in because he was he was speaking a little too his talk about the light and we're all doomed was a little too i don't think it was just there as a coincidence but two guys are going to set him on fire for some reason because he didn't leave their alley which is classy so john john beats the crap out of them he almost gets arrested but they let him go because he's a medal of honor winner as as john goes home is a spaceship that crashes to Earth. Ganthet is flying a ship to Earth. So, it's, so we'll talk about the you know the Abensura parallels there. 
Bagantha crashes to Earth. He's looking for John Stewart. He barely says anything to John Stewart before he dies, and he just kind of burns up and turns to ash, and then out of <laughs> creepily coming out of his cloak because <laughs> his clothes are still there. That that is the Green Lantern ring that goes on John's finger. John can get it off. John, you know, the, the ring is trying to give him as much of a primer as possible, but John Stewart is completely not in favor of any of this. He doesn't, but he wants answers. He wants the ring off. The ring cannot contact Oa, so the, the ring ends up listening to John and doing the best it can. Takes him to the Justice League Watchtower. That's when he, what was it, Vixen, Martian Manhunter, and Ollie. And leads to a, a, a fight. Ollie doesn't know what, you know, why, why does John have his ring, I mean, Hal's ring, because it becomes clear in the ring states that the ring had belonged to Hal Jordan. They go, in, they go into Oa, Ollie. It's, it's convoluted, but they go back to Earth, Ollie and John, the spaceship now, which was damaged for the Guardians, is, all, is miraculously repaired. They fly the ship back to Oa using the ring to get the coordinates. Oa is pretty much decimated. Central power battery is destroyed. You don't see the bodies because obviously the Guardians supposedly like kind of like burn up and fade, fade away in this in this version. But the bodies, you know, the Guardians are dead. There's tons of Green Lanterns scattered all over the place, including several of the Green Lanterns that we know. This all ends up tying into a, the Ran-Thanagar co- conflict, which, of course, means nothing to me, honestly. But, but the Ran-Thanagar conflict was supposedly coming to an end. And as part of a gesture of peace, they were going to be basically creating, the, creating this, like, interdimensional tunnel of travel between the two. And that's when all hell breaks loose because essentially this tube this this connection between the two races the two worlds was used as a weapon so each side thinks the other attacked and they're going to war hal jordan was there when, when the experiment when the this connection was supposed to be being made this weapon is not weapon it wasn't supposed to be a weapon but this device was activated he tried to stop it he disappeared and that's why hal jordan is, is believed to be dead it turns out, long story short, that that Sinestro and the Sinestro Corps were behind all this. They cloaked all these ships to make everybody believe. Basically, everybody thought it was the opposite. So if you're if you're Ran, you thought it was the Thanagarians and so forth and so on. They find they do find that Hal is is alive. He's captured. Well, supposedly captured. And all this leads to the big reveal at the end of the day that. Hal is actually the one behind all of this because Sinestro put the parallax entity into him after Hal tried to stop the, the device from detonating and, and causing the, the destroying the peace between Ram and Thanagar and, and, and the destruction it was potentially going to cause if he didn't stop it. But the ring, he willed the ring to go find a replacement because he didn't want Sinestro to have his ring. It's weird how Jordan was like butt naked during most of this. Uh, so how goes Commando, obviously? <laughs> and uh, that's when Sinestro puts Parallax in him, thinking that he would be able to control Hal through Parallax, but it was the opposite. Parallax, in a way, kind of set him free, gave Hal greater purpose, zero-hour-like like zero hour like purpose, and he wants to use the master master device of, of Ran to basically wipe out the universe so he can create a new universe in his image with him as a god. And he has all the rings on his fingers like an Emerald Twilight. Doesn't look a damn thing like Parallax, which we'll talk about. Hawkgirl is in this, too. I didn't mention it because she's really, other than kind of like a conflict between her and Adam Strange, which joined the group, Ollie and John along the way. 
it's just more bickering actually that than more than anything, especially with Hawkgirl and to set up a potential relationship with John. But eventually everybody figures out the truth that it was Sinestro who didn't neither side really started a war. Sinestro, Sinestro did Sinestro gets killed, which is kind of interesting by John Stewart's ring being called to him and it goes right through him. Kind of like in that, uh, crime syndicate story that we did. That's how Sinestro got killed in that by John Stewart too. So that was more on purpose, <laughs> but nonetheless, and Hal and John Stewart square off and somehow John Stewart's able to be the best green lantern who's acknowledged in this animated feature as the best green lantern with all these power rings and parallax inside of him. He beats Hal. Ollie shoots an arrow and kills him. And basically everything is Kumba. Everything's Kumbaya at the end. Uh, John has all these extra power rings that, that had the ones Hal had. He, he sends them off in space to rebuild the green lantern core. And that's pretty much the major beats. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't have a problem. Look, I don't hate the movie. Uh, I have lots of problems with the movie, but they don't end up with me going on social media and ranting and raving that nobody should ever watch this. And if you like it, you're a shit Green Lantern fan. I wanted to say that right out of the gate. Uh, that being said, I do have some issues with it. I watched Dan's YouTube review of it, and I listened to the blog of Oa's review of it, <clears throat> or podcast of Oa's review of it, My- Myron and Phil. And uh, Dan gave it like a B minus or a B. I think I'm going to give it a C. I don't know if C plus or C minus. Maybe we'll figure it out throughout the the length of this thing. But um, let's focus. Let's focus on the big part. Are they stealing Hal Jordan's origin to prop up John Stewart and make him the Green Lantern, pushing aside Hal forever? Uh, because we we being DC want nothing to do anymore with Hal Jordan. That a question for me? Are you are you are you going to answer it yourself? <laughs> I'll, I'll answer it myself, but okay. I, but start with you. <laughs> okay, so you are asking me, but I am, well, I'm also I'm also honestly asking the audience. That's what I, that's that's actually how I should have phrased it. To be honest, the real answer is is kinda. <laughs> we I mean, come on, you have you have to have your head in your head in the, the sand right now to not understand that. With a new regime in power in D.C., Hal Jordan is clearly not the focal point. Neither is Kyle. Neither is Guy. It really is John. It's Joe. To a lesser extent, it's Jessica. Jessica still gets a little bit. Actually, Jessica kind of gets shortchanged a lot, too. So I don't necessarily think, certainly if you're a Hal Jordan fan, as we'll talk about, there there are bigger ish, bigger fish to fry when it comes to this movie than more that, about the origin. Because as we know... Because as you see the movie, yes, I know a lot of people thought the origin was going to be kind of like splitting the hairs between Kyle and Hal. But when you see the movie, it's yeah, it's definitely more Hal because it's not like John Stewart got the ring in the alley. There's just stuff in the alley in the beginning of, of the movie, but it has nothing to do with him getting the ring. I mean, I guess maybe if he stayed in the alley long enough, then Ganthet <laughs> might have crashed on the street. <laughs> but the reality is, yeah, it has to do with it. It is it is a very similar origin to Hal's, except in this one, you know, basically Ganthet's only purpose on coming to Earth, we're, we're led to believe, is to find Jon Stewart. It's not like, it's not like Ganthet was like 
damaged and this was the, the, the closest populated planet and then and then you know bring find somebody something like that that's essentially is the Abin Sur Hal Jordan origin it's not like he was coming to earth to find it to give it to Hal Jordan in particular but Gant we're led to believe by what he says that Ganthet was coming to earth in particular to give it to Jon Stewart just like that's why the ring won't leave Jon Stewart's finger how it goes again the, how the programming is different so you can't just will it off at that point like you could under normal circumstances I mean is is their choice of Green Lantern you know kind of like him I don't want to say a middle finger to hell I don't know if that would be fair but it's not maybe unfair either. I mean, is the choice of Green Lantern clear because they didn't want it to be Hal? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. If it wasn't Hal, it would have been, it could have been Joe, it could have been Jessica. They could have done almost anybody. But the, we, we, like we said, even regard, even moving beyond the relevance of the title, Beware My Power and how it ties into John's real origin. We talked about this jokingly when they first announced this. That when I said, well, we, we know it's not going to be Hal. <laughs> but I... I don't see any specific intent here, personally speaking, this is personally speaking, to malign how. What we get here is a a so first of all the origin. Hal's origin, yes, uh is very similar to this. Um uh but I'm I'm racking my brain trying to f- figure out how you would do John's real origin in animation with it coming across any better specifically the idea that uh we have a green lantern his name is hal jordan but uh in case hal's ever you know put out to pasture or you know and he's laid up in the hospital or can't perform his duties we need somebody to be not really our hero but our kind of backup guy let's make it the black man I don't see how that can can go over very well uh, with t- today's modern audience. So something had to change. Uh, whether or not this was the change, ag- again, remains to be seen. But I personally believe that there is a struggle to be had in trying to adapt Jon Stewart's original origin for the modern audience. Uh, something Something needs to change for it to not rub the entirety of the modern culture the wrong way. Personally, I don't have much of a problem with it because part of his origin was, in fact, that the Guardian specifically chose Jon Stewart to be Hal's backup. Uh, so the idea that he was chosen by the Guardians uh, was helpful. Uh, and the fact that... Um, you know, it's not really said anything. I don't think it's really mentioned in Hal's villain monologue towards the end, but uh, I don't believe he had anything to do with John getting the the ring. Um, it wasn't even part of his plan or anything. Uh, no, it's, because, it's, because the ring, I think, went because the ring, the ring, I think, based on remembering what they said, the ring went. He assumes the ring went to Owa and that's when the and that's when the Guardian basically decided to give it to John in some way, shape or form. Right. So he was chosen by the Guardians, just like he always was, without Hal's input, without Hal's knowledge. Uh, And I remember I think I think I remember the exact line from the issue. It's something along the lines of, you know, Hal's like that guy in in the original origin and the Guardian that comes over to him to tell him that, you know, hey, we need you to train up this guy is like we're not interested in your petty bigotries, I think is what the word is. Regardless. Anyways, uh, so 
that all makes sense to me. Um, how, stealing Hal's origin, uh, stealing his spotlight. That's another thing. They, they go out of their way a couple of times, actually. And I want to say go out of their way because of some of the clunky dialogue. They go out of their way to refer to Hal Jordan as the greatest Green Lantern. They do it several times, so much so that once we get to Oa and we see the statues of a bunch of different Green Lanterns, they're all facing the center of the room. And in the center of the room stands a massive statue of Hal Jordan, bigger than every other Lantern statue in the room. And the little thing that you wave your hand over states and i quote hal jordan is acknowledged to be the greatest green lantern in the universe (laughs) which is such a clunky piece of dialogue and feels so sort of uh on the nose that it's almost like (laughs) that was included to try as an attempt to shut people up but just comes across as petty in some ways i don't know and also probably as a miss trying to continue to misdirect or or, or maybe not not this let me rephrase to not to not let you see the the heel turn coming. It's not really a misdirection that going into the story. You if you, if we didn't already have the leaks, you would never assume how it was going to be bad based on based on the setup. So right. I th- yeah, I th- and and I think it's all, but it's all very unguardian. I mean, whenever you see all, like all these statues of all these green lines, it just seems unguardian like to begin with because they're not really an individual. <laughs> they're not they're they are the the whole versus the sum of its parts i mean they don't really care about individuals they just you know to them that's part of the reason why the green lanterns have numbers <laughs> well i mean we did have moro's cemetery so well yeah i mean it's sem- i mean a tomb a tomb a tomb is something else but i mean i don't think it's an i don't think it's a bad idea to have to be able to honor the best of the best, but to make it sound like they almost have like a museum. This is the Green Lantern Museum. And that seems a little now if the Green Lanterns themselves did something like that and the Guardians just go, eh, whatever, that's OK. Well, but- honestly, I sort of see it as a like a merging between uh, Moro's sort of crypt and the Book of Oa. Like those two that. concepts, there's there is a pillar dedicated to a specific lantern and you can get information about that specific lantern out of said pillar. Uh, I don't remember if that's how Moro's things uh, uh, responded, but I know for sure the Book of Lowell was like, hey, you know, you you pose to it a question or a request and it'll tell you that specific story. Um, so, you know, having a dedicated statue and or pillar or something tell you the story of the specific lantern is not necessarily unheard of. But yes, it was weird. Plus, it's like you're going to need a much bigger room, bro. <laughs> Half of Oa is going to need to be covered in these statues because <laughs> um, uh, the core has been around for a while. But, um, yeah, we, we saw the dead lanterns everywhere. Tomar, Salak, uh, they, the Creon was one of them. Yes, I noticed that. First, I thought it was Guy until I saw the patch on his eye and then he realized it was Creon. Yeah, so that was interesting. I just look. So honestly, guys. I get some of the criticism about the animation. To me, the animation is, regardless of what, whether you're positive or negative on it, arguments about the animation on this thing are null and void. Because the animation here perfectly matches the animation with the entire rest of the Tomorrowverse movies right now. So right now, that whole thing is preference. If you don't like that style, you don't like that style. But I don't I didn't see anything technically wrong with any of the animation here. I think that's a fair assessment. Style wise, it's it's debatable whether you like it or not. But I don't 
but there was there was no there wasn't anything really wrong with it. Plus, I actually thought like a lot of the stuff when they were going through hyperspace was cool. It looked yeah. really cool, and I like and almost like they were like these, you kind of saw the spectrum if you wanted to as it, as the as the ships were flying through hyperspace how it changed color. So I like and, that, and, and and I like the the way the ring energy is displayed, not the constructs. It's it's like it it's like it's crackling and firing off of them. True. That's pretty cool. So I do like that. Um, man, I'm just looking at some of my bullet points here and I'm trying not to go like piece by piece here. I'm trying to let the conversation take us where we need to go with this. You know, honestly speaking. Oh, by the so before we move on from animation, one one thing I personally do not understand why we the Sinestro Corps couldn't or Sinestro specifically couldn't just have the damn Sinestro core symbol on his chest. It was on the ring. It was on, um, it, it was, uh, on Lysa Drax costume. Like it, it, the, the, the damn symbol was animated into the movie. Why couldn't it be, have been on Sinestro's chest? It makes absolutely no sense that they changed the symbol. Nope. Doesn't, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I can't think of the reason I just, you know, you would say cost, but like, like I just said, they animated the damn symbol on the ring and on Lysa's costume, like just fucking put it on Sinestro. Um, so that was weird. But beyond that, honestly, speaking to Sinestro, my problems with this film in terms of characterization and or, or origin, you'd think honestly, like, no, Hal's not my favorite Lantern, but he's definitely in my top three. Do I have some problems with with some of what John's portrayed as or or Hal or even Adam Strange or whatever? Certainly. Honestly, I think they get Sinestro more wrong than any other character in this film. Well, yeah, because they're bigger. They they make they describe Sinestro as an agent of chaos, which is exactly what he's not. Yeah. What was the quote? I wrote it down. Uh, he said, what did he say? When it comes to killing, I can't get enough of it. What? Excuse me? That's the, no, that's, that's, he's not just a psychopathic murderer. Has he killed people? Sure. Does he regret any of it? Maybe some, maybe not others, but that doesn't mean that he just loves killing so much that he can't get enough of it. And like you said, the agent of chaos thing, my God, let alone the fact that he puts parallax into Hal and then goes along with Hal as his master. Cause I think he was scared. He was scared of him. I think, I think the combin, I think the combination of the two, just if I forget how they described it, but it sent, but it freaked, it freaked Sinestro out. What was, what was also weird is the fact that Parallax was inside of Sinestro, and we don't know for how long, but he was able to get it out of himself to give to Hal, which I'm not quite sure how that works either. Yeah, I know because like in the in the comics, as we know, like and and by the way, guys, I'm gonna say in the comics a lot. That's just for reference. Nobody ever said these animated features had had to be a 100% adaptation strict from page to screen for every animated feature. Sometimes they're going to do their own thing 100%. Sometimes they're going to take inspiration from storylines and do 25% of it or whatever. Comparing comic story to adaptation and animation for a, as a one-for-one one is useless. Don't do that. 
but only for reference. We know that Sinestro in the comics was so confident in his abilities that he believed himself incapable of being corrupted by parallax because he understood fear. And I think we even saw that at the points at which Sinestro did have parallax inside of him. Parallax was something Sinestro thought he can control, could control and even showed he could. But for only for a certain period of time. Exactly. So it's very strange to me that even though Parallax is in another host, that he would still kind of bow to the will of Parallax. I could see that from like somebody like Lysa or something else, but Sinestro would never, I mean, he would maybe placate Parallax or something, but straight up just ceding control and the plan and following all orders. I, I don't see that out of Sinestro. Yeah, worst best case scenario, you think you'd just be plotting to try to get more back in control. But I don't know. That was that that was one of many things that was that didn't quite sit right about their approach. Him teaming up with people like Despero and um oh what the hell was his name? Ro? That's that the one you're thinking of? Whatever his name is. I can't think of it. Tanjar Ro. Yes. Cotton yeah, Eye Joe. I, I, yeah, I was, I was just thinking. I was like, I was like, Justice League villains, Justice League villains, Justice because I think J- Kanjar Rose first appeared in a Justice League issue. Anyways, that was cool. I, I was, I was okay with that because it made it made the story feel very DC cosmic. I like that, including the Ranthanagar War. Really cool. More DC cosmic here. Um, really gives some scope. I love the fact that there was the Ranthanagar conflict. They had their own war. They found peace together. They were going to build this Zeta Beam uh, bridge to help reignite the economy of both planets and stuff like that. And the Guardians were actually all for that. And they, and they didn't get involved in the war. But once the peace was there, they're like, OK, cool. We're all for this. Let's support. We're going to hear back. Here's here's how Jordan. He's going to help you out. He's going to, you know, all this stuff. And and then things went things went wrong. So I, I do like the fact that we're getting like the tendrils of how the Green Lantern Corps in a, in a way sort of works within the universe. Now, obviously we're focused on John, everybody else is freaking dead. Uh, so there's not a whole lot you're going to get in terms of how the Green Lantern Corps operates in the universe. But I do like the fact that the kind of the hint of it is there, like their tendrils and how things operate in DC cosmic. That was cool to me. Having Adam strange in there. I like that. It, I don't know why, but Adam Strange in all aspects, regardless of the story you're telling him in, Adam Strange just showing up immediately feels super Silver Age to me. Uh, it could be because of his old school costume and the rocket pack and the fin on his head and his little ray gun and all that other stuff that he had uh, in any other incarnation we've ever seen him in. Or it just could be the types of stories that are usually told with Adam Strange. But I always like that. I always like him showing up and specifically teaming up with other DC cosmic stuff because he doesn't control where the Zeta beam sends him. So him just showing up in random places in DC cosmic was always fun, but it's very serious this time. And I'm not sure I'm down with that um, because it's such a departure because look, I haven't read all of the comics that, uh, Adam Strange was involved in. I think it was Strange Adventures he made his first appearances in. Um, I was going to say Adventure Comics, but I think it's Strange Adventures. 
I don't think I've read all of those, but I've read a, a lot of Adam Strange stories and I've, they always felt very kind of campy, fun, whatever stuff. Uh, Strange New World, let's explore uh, kind of things. Uh, and this was a very serious and, and weathered and war-weary Adam Strange, which was interesting. For me, the only character I feel like they got 100% right in all of this was probably Ollie. For the most part, except... Well, the only thing that bothered me about him, he was like a lot. He was very Ryan Reynoldsy, which I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's exact. He even sounded like Ryan Reynolds, so it really annoyed me. But 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 that whole at but the whole jokey attitude, which I'm not saying is wrong. I'm just saying because it sounded so much like Ryan Reynolds, it annoyed me. And he was a little too nonchalant about killing Hal. Yes, uh, and a lot of people have a problem with that. To get to that, and it's like, guys, have you ever freaking read Zero Hour? It's I mean, like other than costume and and circumstance, it's the exact same damn thing. Hal is parallax. He's going to kill a whole lot of people to get what he wants. Ali can't stand what's happening to his friend. And the only way to stop him is to kill him. So he fires an arrow at his chest. (laughs) There's there's a whole several page sequence devoted to it in zero hour. He freaking shoots an arrow and kills or tries to kill Hal. So like (laughs) I, I, for anybody who's got a problem with Oliver seeing Hal go down this route and then his resort is to kill him, there's a lot of people arguing online that if you haven't read comics, you just don't understand. And blah, blah, blah. like, I'm going to throw that argument back to you. If you have a problem <laughs> with Ollie killing Hal in this situation, you've never read comics <laughs> because it straight up happened. But yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think a lot of it also comes down to some of the pacing, which I think Dan also mentioned in his YouTube video. There's a there's a weird pause in every delivered line. Did you notice that? I don't know if I noticed it, but I wasn't necessarily looking for it. I think the pacing of the whole movie is off. I think it's very it's very slow in developing, but it takes forever for Sinestro to even show up. It takes even longer for Hal to show up. And and then even, you know, the heel turn comes relatively close to the end anyway. But which you're guessing that something like this you would expect. But I just think in general, the pacing was off. But I don't I don't know if when I was listening to it, if I really zeroed in on pausing in each like line of dialogue as much or it stood out to me. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention character wise, uh, hot girl. I thought she was fairly on point because she is kind of quick to temper, very Thanagarian. She's a warrior uh quick to jump into action so on and so forth but she was kind of stupid in some ways like she when adam first shows up she immediately gets into a fight with him duh because that's what she's gonna do but when they stop the fight they're like hey let's interrogate him she's like okay and you know what yeah interrogate them we'll kill so they start asking questions of him and then immediately she goes this is a waste of time like you Two seconds ago, you got out of a of a of a of a to the death match fight, 100% agreeing with the other two people you're working with here that you know what information is needed here, and then you're immediately changing your mind two seconds later when we start questioning him. I'm all for like you know she's rash, she's gonna jump into action, she's a warrior born. Uh, that's that's the kind of people Thanagarians are, like so on and so forth. But to try and drive that point home at 
every single chance you get so much so that it looks like she's not being tactical or she's not being smart about her decision making is more of a detriment to the character in service of trying to drive home something that you've already made the point of. I think that's true. I think they probably would justify it because they need, they have to cut, they have to keep driving the point home that the inherent mistrust between Ren and Thanagar is getting in the way of everything that, of everything basically Ollie and John are trying to discover that as in a way, even though Adam Strange obviously is more flexible and more willing to try to work with everybody else to uncover the truth, the underlying conflict between Ran and Thanagar just keeps getting in the way because both because it, even as the whole story plays out, neither side is willing to take a break or a pause for a second because they attacked our city. They just, you know, they, they broke the peace. And it's like it's like not even willing to. And as they acknowledge later on in the, in the, in the movie, it's like we didn't even, we didn't even which is kind of stupid. It's like we didn't even think to about the possibility that the ship or you know, the ship might have been cloaked and might have been disguised. It's like, well, why wouldn't you scan the ship <laughs> if you have the technology? Why not? <laughs> but it's I think they're just playing up that whole theme of mistrust and how if when you're so set in your ways and you're so dedicated to believing one truth, which is kind of an important lesson these days when you think about it, if you want to extrapolate that it, it blinds you to what the real truth may be because you're so it's your confirmation bias because you're so you've already made up your mind what things what the truth is and you're just looking for any bit of evidence that can that reaffirms it so that's probably I, i'm guessing that's probably how they would go about try, if they needed to explain it and say just or justify it they would probably do something along those around that way or that route a couple other points i wanted to jump into uh before we kind of just get into the 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 John Stewart and the Hal Jordan of it all, because I think those are the two things we really need to focus on. Um, the I was very I was definitely paying attention to throughout all of this and to the information that we learned about the the ring and its process and how people are chosen and so on and so forth. So when the ring shows up to John, it says you possessed singular will. That's the specific thing. I think that's interesting. It's it definitely drives home the idea of the uniqueness of the individual being chosen, but I'm not sure if that's enough, but also if I really think about it, like, like let's say I'm, let's say green lantern is at its all time heights, however many years from now, and we get a live action movie and it's, it's an a plus and like as many lantern fans as it can possibly be his eyes. Do I really think when the ring shows up and the AI starts talking, it'll say you have the ability to overcome great fear. Do I think those words will be spoken by the AI in the film and it not come across cheesy or clunky or whatever? I don't know. I don't know that I really think that that'll happen. So I, I, I think I'm trying to wrestle in my mind and I don't know that I've come to a decision whether or not the idea of possess singular will is a good substitute. I don't considering when you really look at the major, the major ways the ring and historically has spoken to the bearer is that you have the ability to overcome overcome great fear and and what was and what what, what did it used to be before that it's been so long since since they changed it i'm trying to remember what I mean, it was it's quite literally been i mean as long as this podcast has been on the air it's quite literally been you have the ability to overcome great fear. right but that's a jeff that was a jeff johns change yeah i'm just trying to remember uh I'm trying to, I don't remember the exact verb. Well, I, I, but you know what? Because I don't necessarily think they ever had the, 
I don't think they ever had because the ring didn't used to talk to people the same way. It would just give an explanation and say you're you, uh, you were chosen because you're fearless and things like that. So, okay. But I but there but there may but there probably is. It's it's late. There probably is another. Uh, but yeah. because because when I started that whole segue, I thought I actually knew. I remembered what the what, what the original what the original phrase was. But basically, it went from being fearless to being you you have the ability to overcome fear. Yeah. So to go to that and to say, oh, you, pos- I think, I think possessing, I think that'd be, gr- I think that'd be a great way to piss Green Lantern fans off if they do that, because it's like, that's not usually the whole one way or the other, the fearless slash overcoming fear, being able to overcome fear, being above, being able to step above fear has always been a, a calling card to be a Green Lantern, to just do the singular will. That's, I don't know. Uh, another thing we learn in the info dump that John gets uh, on the way to Oa from Earth with Ollie is that um, the three criteria that a lantern is chosen under per the ring is intelligence, willpower, and fearlessness. Nothing really new there. Maybe the intelligence bit, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, we have Nort, so <laughs> either way. Um, <laughs> Uh, speaking of GA, I like the fact that GA knows the oath by heart. Yes, that's cool. even though, even though that kind of conflicts with the comic books. True, but I do. It may have been delivered sort of clunky by Ollie. Whatever, that's fine. But it did add to the idea of this is my best friend. I I like that. Um, so I was I was okay with it. Um, uh, I so I was both right and wrong uh, in our trailer breakdown of this. The reason he's wearing the trench coat and everything else is because he's immediately taken to the watchtower the moment he gets the ring, basically. <laughs> um, but I was also wrong in the fact that I was like, ah, it'll probably only be the first third or two thirds of the movie. It's, it, it's 90 not... plus percent of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a pain in the ass. But whatever. Um, as a, I suppose he's not just he's just really not thinking about it. Um, but whatever. One of the things that bothered me is that when he gets to the watchtower, though, he is immediately attacked. I bothered Dude, me, too. Yeah. Yeah. He comes into the room backwards with his hand on his head, clearly visibly confused. And his first words are, hey, <laughs> just like a very awkward. Hey, in the room is obviously Vixen and Ollie, but also a telepath yeah i was waiting for that to pay off the entire time uh, <laughs> on, uh, and, and and none of it even when he's like wrestling with him and he's, and he's like and he's got him like around the neck it's like you would think he would he would try to read his thoughts and, and besides enti- yeah. Yeah, I, was, I was gonna say throughout the entire fight one of the first things he does is instinctively throw up constructs Green constructs are going up left and right, and they don't stop fighting until they go, oh, look, is that a symbol on his chest? As opposed to the ring on his finger, which would have been the first clue. (laughs) Uh, That was that was ridiculous to me. I I get that. Like, oh, yeah, let's get into the action. Let's get into the conflict. Let's show what the Justice League is capable of. They look like fucking morons (laughs) by attacking him straight out of the gate. I get that their base was breached and they're spread thin. But my God, did anything about the way John entered the room look threatening to anybody? <laughs> yeah, they want uh, they want they wanted the Justice League to look intimidating. The the C team that it is. <laughs> my God, it would have um, been the D team if Manhunter wasn't there. 
yeah. Oh, well, honestly, I, I, I think Manhunter is underrated. He should be a team. Uh, and just in terms of power level. I mean, is yeah, he that's more... why he balances out the group. He, he, <laughs> may, he may be an A, but the other two standing next to him are C or D's. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. Uh, I, uh, the ship that Ganthet pilots, it's interesting that it, it repairs itself, but tell me the bridge at the, not the entire design of the ship, but the bridge definitely looked like the ship from the animated series. Yeah, it looks similar. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, other than that, those are the only sort of, I mean, I have other bullet points, but they're specific to either John or Hal. So let's get into it. Which one do you want to tackle first? Well, and, and are we doing them in relation to each other or are we just doing his, his characterization of each? Characterization, uh, the way the story unfolded for them, the story that was told about them. <sighs> well, obviously, Hal got the shaft in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the sense that you at least I mean, you get like one brief moment of Hal being Hal uh, when he's trying to. But the Zeta beams or whatever, when he's trying to stop that device from that's going haywire. Uh so that that is cool. It's good to know at least that even in their own story that they tell here that Hal wasn't basically on board with sabotaging that to begin with. That was also Nestor. But you know that Hal was literally, you know, that at that point Hal was still on the A team. He was on the good team. That uh, but then you know the, the there is no real motivation for Hal turning turning bad uh, in this. Really, it's 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 all it's all it's all half-assed. Motivation, no. Causality, yes. Yes, yeah. Motivation, yeah. Absolutely no motivation, but yeah. yeah. Based on a guess, the entity going in him is is the is the main reason he gets screwed, and the, the fact that he can't. He Which can't I don't know it. what they're trying to do with that because they they show Parallax going into him, and they're and they they even say something like to the like, but then they immediately try to nullify that by Hal saying something along the lines and I didn't write it down. Hal says something along the lines of like Sinestro thought he could control me with it, but I'm in control or whatever. Now, as Lantern fans like you and I are, Hal may believe he's in control, but he's absolutely being influenced here. But from the way that line is delivered, it almost like, it's almost like, it's like, no, no, no. Hal's still the one making all these decisions. Like they're trying to completely overwrite the idea that Parallax is influencing him at all. Uh, see, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily took it that way. Uh, I mean, yes, how, how I just naturally assume based on what we know that it basically, you know, how was being influenced by Parallax and that Parallax, if, if, it may have been Parallax's agenda, or it might have been the thing where Parallax and Hal, once they were merged, this was basically the, the best thing for both of us from Parallax's perspective. Kind of like the way Parallax, as retconned, of course, would try to, uh, as it was retconned, the whole Coast City, the whole Coast City resurrection thing, and that obsession was more Parallax trying to appease Hal Jordan to try to keep Hal Jordan under control by, and again, keeping Hal believing he was in control when he really wasn't. Which because they reference that in Green Lantern Rebirth when Parallax no longer gives a shit about trying to appease Hal Jordan. Yeah, I'm not he, trying to placate you. Or yes. Whatever. Uh, so yeah, I it's the power. You know, obviously the power set. You know, he other than his eyes glowing yellow. You know, here and there once or when he for, you know when he first maybe more than once. But other than that, Parallax doesn't really seem to do anything to him physically. Which okay. I don't have a, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't have an issue with that because that was one of my big issues with 
Kyle when he became Parallax, why he was had any power at all, because he was butt naked. He was well, he was in his underwear, but he was powerless. He was ringless and Parallax went inside him. He had no actual energy at the time when Hal did when Parallax went into him because Hal had absorbed the central power battery that Kyle had no power. So why was he able to do anything? And why certainly green construct wise? Why? Because Sinestro is, I mean, Parallax is yellow. It should have been yellow constructs. So I don't have a big problem with that. It's just that they really played up how, you know, having, having the rings on, on all those fingers. And of course, we can't not address the fact that, you know, if you're going to go Parallax, could you goddamn do the costume? Could you, if we're finally going to do a Parallax on any kind of big screen or animator or live action, can you at least get the costume close to what it's supposed to be? This makes the McFarlane figure look like it was dead on. At least they tried. At least they tried with the McFarlane figure. That this doesn't even look like this is yeah this is just horrible. Yeah, let's see how I feel about. I like that he, regardless of whether it's way on the nose to the point where it's almost sarcastic, I like that they at least try to acknowledge like he's the greatest Green Lantern and stuff like that, which makes his so, defeat make even less sense. Right. Uh, I do. I do think it's. Do I like it when Hal's referred to as the greatest Green Lantern? Sure. I don't like to use that as. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's right to use that as, uh, anyway, like some people do trying to, you know, disparage other people's fandom of other lanterns. Um, but, you know, the, the feats of will that Hal Jordan has accomplished in comics and in another, in other media are just undeniable. So that's cool. I like to at least try to acknowledge that. But yeah, there's no causality here for Hal to, to, because it, whether or not you like the retcon of the fear bug thing in, in some way made sense to me. And I'm not trying, I'm I'm really trying to look at it objectively and not just within my passion for that Jeff Johns run, which is of course my big introduction to green lantern when I first started reading all this stuff, but it made sense to me. The idea that within the battery parallax lied dormant um and was weakened and sort of waking up and he reached out and he found Hal Jordan his temples went gray as he was slowly influenced in some way shape or form or at the very least parallax sort of got eyes into what was going on around the world um and then once the inciting in, incident of lose the 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 sheer loss of the entirety of coast city was enough to get his tendrils inside and caused him to do what he did and then completely took over the moment he entered the battery. That was all sort of okay. Here we're dealing with a already assuming because he comes out of Sinestro, a fully powered, fully awake, fully conscious parallax, unless the idea of him being a tiny little worm thing, as opposed to the big fear bug, we all know, maybe, maybe that's supposed to mean something. I don't know. I think that makes more sense. though, realistically, how this, if you're going to actually physically go in some of another being, it makes sense that it would be, it would be smaller than the being you're going into that logically makes sense when you really think about it. Yeah, true. So that's, that's, that's one thing. Um, But do we think the loss of the core and the guardians equals enough loss that how would be vulnerable if we're, if we're still like they might not have even been thinking of it this way in this film and then all of this is null and void so we're just assuming things here but let's say the the idea that how has to be weakened for how for parallax to get into him is still ringing true here 
Is the loss of the core in the Guardians equal to the loss of Coast City? Is that enough of an inciting incident to push Hal to the edge where he's despairing enough to where he can allow something like the parallax entity into him? No, I don't think that works. I don't think that works because I think even the way they do it, do it in this movie that he was already pretty much corrupted as soon as the the entity went in him and then going to Oa after the fact was just, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, but, but the, the, but the lanterns were already dead though before the parallax entity got into him, right? At first, when we were talking, when you were mentioning it, I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember that. But then it's yeah, because 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 he he and Sinestro they go to they go to Oa afterwards, right? After it's already wiped after yes. After, so, but but yeah, but um, I think the way at least he's telling his own story is that I think almost from the minute the the entity was in him and he woke up after the entity went went in him that he was already pretty much corrupted maybe i don't know i i there's 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 an there's i think there's too many missing pieces to be able to connect the dots logically and why all those all those events would lead hal to go down the road that he did and and not just you know to and let's we can't overlook the fact that he kept playing up the fact that oh he's a god that guy <laughs> that he was completely wrapped up in the power he wasn't he wasn't even trying to say he wasn't even trying. I mean, he did make. And that's the, what I'm saying. Yeah, he did make the acknowledgement, which is somewhat similar to Zero Hour, that he would be a better guardian, a guardian than the guardians ever were. That is similar to a Zero Hour concept that he was planned on being and the active, proactive guardian that he thought the guardian should have been all along. And then the universe wouldn't have gotten to that point. But Zero Hour Hal never really played up whether he may have thought it, but he never played up the fact, oh, yeah, I'm a god. I'm a, I no, got the he, power. Yeah, he never went that far. Yeah. Yeah. It was always it was always it like causality. There was a there was there was a there was uh causality versus motive. There was motive behind him. He lost Coast City, wanted to bring Coast City back. He wanted to make it so it never happened. Then he was like, you know what, now I have the power of parallax. Forget Coast City, let's make it all better. Let's fix all the wrongs. Let's make the remake the universe in a better light. That was always but it was never, and I will rule it as a god, and now I will bow. Yeah, before. There yeah, was never because, that. because originally the originally it was just about Coast City, yeah. and then and then of course thanks to Guy, <laughs> Guy and Emerald Fallout, Guy in his conversation with Hal, he's the one who kind of made Hal stop and think that yeah, Hal was kind of looking too small, that Coast yeah. City was just indicative of bigger problems in, in in the universe, and that's when and that's when the whole zero hour plan basically came but even when Hal was doing it yes it's his ego was driving him it's it, in his mind he was doing it for the, everything he was doing was for the greater good and like he says in zero hour that basically you can have it's like you can have your universe and you can have your universe or your plan it's like everybody wins so in, in Hal's perfect universe everybody was going to get what they wanted and he was just going to basically make sure everything was running smooth so that's a little different than kind of like trying to lording lording it over everybody and I was like hey oh my god yeah um so yeah i i disagree with a lot of the characterization of how i saw some great moments from how when, when you know we saw the flashbacks as well as the time which he was pretending before he you know did his thing uh at, at the end of the movie and started um, killing people <laughs> yeah exactly like there's some great moments of his interactions and stuff with with ollie i like some of his interactions with john i thought there was a lot of good moments with how that felt very how like that being said um, they weren't really big enough to to write down. It's like like he had a fantastic 
line of dialogue or interaction or whatever. I just got a good feeling of Hal's general interactions with the rest of the cast and still until the point where things started getting shaky. That's really all. Um, so just because I'm focusing on the specific negative things doesn't necessarily mean that every every showcase of Hal in this movie was 100% off base. There's just that in there, there's just certain parts that we had to point out. Now, John, however, let's set aside the idea. Uh, he stole Hal's origin and all that. Again, uh, you're talking to a guy here who's not entirely convinced you could do John's original origin these days. Forget arguing with me and telling me I'm stupid. Legitimately, if you guys disagree with me out there, seriously, write in. Tell me. Give me your pitch. How do you think a non-get-the-entire-world-up-in-arms-about-it way to uh, introduce and showcase and adapt John's original origin could be done today? I'm down. Let's do it. I'd love to hear your pitches. Uh, you come at me hard though. I'm just going to ignore you. I just sincerely, if you believe it can be done, just tell me how, uh, I'd like to know. Um, but other than that, I really like the story we're sort of weaving here with John. We start with his PTSD to the point where he's just completely zoned out outside this shop. This dude touches his shoulder or whatever and tells him to move. John immediately reacts and throws him on the ground. And we see that he's very racked by his experience and everything, but then two seconds later, he sees somebody being mistreated and is right there to help. Um, he's detained for it, but he doesn't he doesn't like, you know, do the thing, you know, where I'm recording this for TikTok or whatever with everybody around him or whatever. He he doesn't fight back. He just, OK, I'm being detained. Whatever happens, they let him go. He doesn't say a word. He goes home. And then the ship crashes. Man runs straight over there to help. Uh, he pulls the guardian out. Guardian dies, uh, turns to dust. John even says, poor bastard. You know, like he's he's affected by his time very clearly in the military, but he has not lost what makes him a man of action and somebody who's there to help. So that's very cool. Then he gets a ring and they specifically say, welcome. the ring says, welcome to the Green Lantern Corps. The idea that, and, and this, I don't think I'm, like this thought in my head is, is not something I think is, man, I figured this out. It's just like, for me, I think it's very obvious that the reason John wants this ring off his finger is he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to be a soldier anymore because of everything that's gone on with him. The experiences he's had is he heard the word core and he's like, no, 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 get this. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be dragged back into the fight. I, I got to get this damn thing off my finger. I can't do this. But then he sees something going wrong and every forward progression here for him is he's trying in service to to get the ring off of his finger. But there's a mystery to be solved and some people who need some help. The minute he figures that out, he's like, you know what? I'll get the ring off my finger later. Right now, it's it's a benefit to figuring and helping out in this situation. We see him almost kill Hawk Girl. In a fit of PTSD, we see him almost kill Despero and said, in then he gets to the point of, you know what? No, I've had enough killing with until we get Sinestro's line about it. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <What Sorry>. <laughs> uh, he, you know, and then he gets to the point where he might have to kill Hal, but he doesn't. Ollie does. But I, I, I really like that we got 
a very clear struggle internal struggle with the dichotomy of this man who is so affected by what happened to him but who hasn't let it destroy what makes him a hero and he comes to terms not necessarily that he'll never have a ptsd episode ever again or anything like that but he comes to terms with it in that he he makes the decision to never let it affect who he is moving forward and he grows in it with what he's getting with this ring. And I, I really like that progression um, of Jon Stewart. I, I I mean, you know, we can talk about, you know, yeah, Ollie's probably the best characterized in terms of accuracy or whatever. But in terms of story and progression of who they are at the beginning of film of the film and to who they are at the end, I really actually like the way they portrayed Jon Stewart here. This may be one of my favorite portrayals of Jon Stewart. Ignoring the he stole how's origin all the other bullshit, the, the personality, the man, the journey. I actually really like this John Stewart. I think it, overall it was a good representation of John Stewart. I don't think, well, which again makes sense because clearly that's that's what the whole point of this is really. Yeah, the, the whole point of doing this story is to if John Stewart comes out looking worse than uh, almost everybody else, or worse than Hal, and worse than Ollie, then. They're, then they failed because that's the point of doing this. He's the main. He's the he's their focal point. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't I don't have an issue with. You know, I think it fits based on his background that he's struggling. That he's struggling. First, he doesn't want anything to do with the ring, and he's having in those PTSD moments that are influencing him, and almost getting him into trouble. All that's that stuff. I think I think all that is effective the way it works. There's more than a little hypocrisy, and even though I it's more it's more because I know it can just be viewed as hey do as they say not as they do, but it's also it's more of a reflection on 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 what one character is known for and not known for. But the fact that they zero in so much on how killing people first of all yeah. that. Well, almost everybody else who's getting on Hal's back for killing people either has or kills people in this in this movie, <laughs> sure. uh, including John Stewart, who was killing people left and right <laughs> in the beginning when he was in the Marine Corps. Uh, and I, so it's a it's more than a little hypocritical, especially. And I mind you, they don't really freak out until they they kill like the head honcho from Ran. Because that's absolutely in cold blood, but which makes sense. That's the one. Yeah, you're that, you're killing an, an obvious innocent. Yeah, that's that's because respects. yeah, I mean that you know, and plus it was telegraphed with the words he was saying. You knew he was going to get yeah. shot. But the other ones, were kind of it's kind of ridiculous because I mean, first of all, Hal is Hal's been supposedly in prison for a while. He doesn't have his ring. He's not in good shape. He's fighting these other all these these, these Sinestro these guards and or Sinestro Corps members. And then later on, they have this full on firefight like in the in the in the bay. It's like you can't really pick. You know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to shoot him on the outside of the thigh on both. Sides. It's like that. That's a that's a, a little bit. It's a little much then. It's like if you're shooting, you, you can't really be picky. You got to shoot. You know, you're in a firefight for your life. You're not going to be picky. You're going to shoot. Yeah. Where you, where Especially you when you're up against other lanterns and one of the most powerful telepaths in the DC universe. Well, yeah. I mean, but I mean, just in, <laughs> but just in just in general. I mean, I'm just saying you just would you just wouldn't be you wouldn't be bothered with stuff like that. I mean, it's like you might not if you're 
you might not purposely go for a headshot if you could avoid it, if you're really trying not to kill somebody. But if somebody's shooting yeah. at you and you shoot and you and you're sh- shooting six or seven shots to try to get out of where you're going, it's like you're not going to be overly picky. You just you actually do want to hit your target so you won't get shot yourself. So it's it it was a bit hypocritical based on based again plot armor based on the point they wanted to convey. It's like oh, but Hal doesn't kill. It's like okay. Well, don't. But they also made it clear that the rings wouldn't didn't allow you to kill. <laughs> so you don't really necessarily know from a character perspective, based at that point, that how would that how would always choose not to. We just know the rings wouldn't wouldn't let you, and this is a different circumstance. And I I understand why people it seemed out of obviously for for Ollie it would seem out of character for Hal. I get that, but. It is a bit hypocritical when, you know, John's killing people left and right. Yeah, he accidentally killed Sinestro, but still he killed him. <laughs> and, you know, and Ollie kills Hal, so that's being completely hypocritical. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I, I actually, I really should have mentioned this first because I, 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 I did kind of want to end on the idea that I actually really like the, ha- the, 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 sorry, the John Stewart representation here, the story characterization that we got here. Um, but I did forget to mention it. Probably the clunkiest line of dialogue here. Look, you're you're telling a story about John Stewart, and there's a lot of uh, social commentary to be had, especially these days. It's almost unavoidable, but I think there's better ways to do it, or at least less clunky ways to do it. Because I specifically wrote this down. It, it seemed it, it threw things off for me. In a moment, that was already throwing things off because Sinestro was talking about him. He's an agent of chaos or whatever the hell he says. Um, but we're in, when they're in the cage, Ali says something of his, he says, uh, the color yellow is the one thing your ring is useless against. And then John says, yeah, the ring told me, but I've been against that up against that kind of barrier. My whole life hasn't stopped me yet. Like, yeah, okay, I agree. I, that was, I, a bit, that I, was a little I, too over the top. Yeah, I I get the I get the you know what I'm not gonna let I don't care who the hell Sinestro is I don't care what reputation the man has I don't care what the situation where he is in I'm gonna freaking fight my way out of this I'm not giving up yet that's cool we need that kind of moment but to compare the weakness against the color yellow to being racially profiled or the struggles that that uh, black people go through. I, you know, that seemed, that was very clunky. I'm not a black man, so I can't say the word disrespectful or whatever, but it, it, you know, I don't know. It just, it felt, it felt way off to throw that in there. There, there may have been a better moment to do that if you had to do something like that in this film, but I don't know that you needed to do that there. If, if you need to make, the reference to for you know in within the modern climate or something i'm all for that one of my favorite runs is green lantern green arrow where they made points about current social political climate issues within the world at the time that the characters were existing i'm all for making a point based on the world in which we live in at the moment it's being the 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 content is being created but this struck me as way out of left field (laughs) Literally. Yeah. I, I thought that I, that as soon as, as soon as they did that, I, I kind of rolled my eyes on that too, just because it doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. No matter how you slice it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any, make any sense. Uh, that, that analogy is just not going to, it's, it's just not going to work. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were, there are a bunch of things that didn't, didn't really work 
I think in this movie dialogue wise. And it's just, yeah, that, that probably, that may very well have been the worst case. Yeah. Uh, I still give it a C. I, I look, um, if somebody doesn't know what green lantern is, I think, I, I think this is a good movie to give people who aren't as initiated as we are. I really do. If, if, if your whole idea is to introduce them to what a green lantern is or whatever. Now, obviously if you're, more of an i if you're more of a person who likes the idea of the core and you want to introduce that concept of them obviously the core is not really present here maybe you should go so, with something like emerald knights but um just the regular concept of green lantern with i think all the problems you and i have with it except you know except for like clunky dialogue like i've been up against that kind of barrier like that whole thing some of the some of the really well that just doesn't make sense within the context of the story I don't think those are big enough to not recommend this movie to people who you want to introduce to the concept. I think this is going to, obviously it it already has caused lots of problems with really initiated green lantern fans. But again, I say it's a C, which is still a passing grade. I thought it was enjoyable and I enjoyed some uh, lots of different moments of it. Um, I just think it's a great movie for somebody other than myself and you. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say it's great because it still gives some mis it gives a bunch of misconceptions about certain characters and not just Hal, but like we talked about Sinestro, it's like a, it's Hal who actually talks about Sinestro being, I think an a- yeah. agent of chaos or Ali like refers to him as a psychopath. Yeah. I think, but it's, uh, it's how when he's describing things that he says that, that Sinestro is a, I think an a, a so pro chaos yeah i don't know i c c plus somewhere around there is probably fair uh, because again it's i it didn't bother me it's not the worst green lantern stuff i've ever seen it is it's it probably would it might have moved up from a grading perspective if it wasn't now in this cycle where how kind of getting the shaft is kind of expected so it's just like you know pouring pouring salt in the wound because you pretty much expect it if it was a different time when Hal was, if it was back in the DiDio regime, if we were that if somebody went down this road, you might be able to take it a little bit more and just roll and say, okay, just because it's one take and because it's, you know, it's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. But it's, I certainly wouldn't be recommending people run out and rent it <laughs> or buy it. I, I, I think it's something you definitely can wait to watch when it's available, if it's going to be, which, at some point, it'll be on HBO Max. Uh, yeah, I, gave, I had to give Mark my login to Voodoo so he could watch it. You shouldn't have. You didn't have to say that to the world, Chad. <laughs> As the Voodoo police come after both of us. Oh, they're not going to give a shit. They're 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 probably one of the 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 people who give the least amount of shit about that. But the reality is, yeah, I would I would certainly would recommend if you haven't watched it yet, but you're interested, hold out a little bit longer because it probably will be on HBO Max. I'm going to guess maybe another month because you know they know they're not going to get much more blood from the stone of streaming of a, a pay-per-view on this. So then at that point, it'll it'll end, it'll probably end up on Max quicker than some of the other things are. But it's certainly nothing anyone needs to run out to see. What did you think of the obscene amounts of content on my voodoo? <laughs> <laughs> I did not actually... I, purposely did not go through your your content i just i just looked for that one which is right near the top and i watched it <laughs> there's damn near 300 plus oh i'm i have no doubt and <laughs> maybe at some point yeah, with permission i will go back into look. but the reality is no i had a, uh, i had singular will and singular purpose which was to <laughs> load load that thing while i was eating and watch it so 
we'd be prepared. All right, guys. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed this much anticipated episode. Um, I highly recommend checking out Mosaic Comics YouTube channel for Dan's breakdown of this. He's obviously ranked it like a B's B or so. So uh, he's got a different, a little bit of a different viewpoint. So I really encourage you, if you haven't seen this yet, to get a full sort of picture of it. I I feel like our review of it here came across sort of middle of the road ish. Like I said, I was a C or whatever, but like you know, knowing what's in those other two pieces of content, I'd say we're probably in the middle between Dan and um, blog uh, podcast of OS. So definitely check out Mosaic Comics review of this over on YouTube, and then also listen to the episode from Phil and Myron over on podcast of O about this. Uh, it's, there's a little story in there too, because apparently somebody from Warner and I, I say, apparently I knew this, uh, Myron told me, uh, apparently someone from Warner, uh, publicity reached out when the trailer dropped of this thing and Myron wasn't for it over on Twitter and basically read him the riot act saying as a representative of the green lantern fandom or whatever, how dare you malign this thing before? Like, you know, uh, it's uh, yeah. So Warner was being uh, whatever. Just go listen to that story. Uh, If people want to reach out to us, how do they do so? Lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Facebook. You can use hashtag GeoCast to track us down there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, 708 Lantern. You can voice or text us a message. Still interested in our Discord link? Email us, lanterncast at gmail.com. And we probably should mention right before we go that speaking of John Stewart, that we are going to get that 48-page one-shot in November, which will that's true. For better or for worse, wrap up the Thorn story since Lord knows the first arc left most of the questions unanswered. So now we have one big issue, which still probably won't answer all the questions, at least in a satisfying way. But that will be coming in November, which I guess in the big picture means that that will probably almost assuredly be the end of the Jeffrey Thorne run on Green Lantern. We don't know that yet, but yes. we yes, logic. Yes. we yeah. is, is it confirmed? No. Logically, Yes, because yep. if he was continuing on, they would need to give him a one shot to wrap up a story. He would just roll yeah. into another season. That's exactly what I was going to say. Based yep. on based on the history of, of when these types of publications get made. Uh, yes. <laughs> Typically speaking. Yeah, but I figured I would just say that. So until next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>